0: Well, we've made it 90 episodes in to the night shift, and uh, it's funny, we're coming up on our 100th episode here, and we've only been covering them for about a season and a quarter, but listen, it is getting a lot of fun here. The London Knights gearing up for a two-day, I guess, weekend on Friday and Saturday night, taking on Mississauga along with the host of the Memorial Cup, the Saginaw Spirit. We're going to talk about all that and more on the show. We also have a couple of special guests joining us as well. And you can follow us wherever you get to your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Megaphone. You just search The Night Shift, and you can follow myself along with Mike Stubbs, uh, our co-host here. And you can find Stubbs at Stubbs980, at Kyle Grimard. And, you know, Mike, we're going to be talking with Jake Grimes, who is a part of the coaching staff for the Saginaw Spirit. They already know that they are going to be in the Memorial Cup. You could kind of tell at the beginning of the season that, you know, maybe it seemed like there was a little bit more pressure knowing that you're going to be there. But since then they have rattled off wins in nine of 10. We're also going to have Jackson Edward coming up on the show as well. We're going to talk the two games consistency and, you know, Mike, and they have key matchups this weekend with Mississauga and Saginaw, you know, both teams right now are playing very good hockey, specifically Saginaw. So this is going to be a very good test to see where the Knights are currently at so far. It
1: certainly will
0: be because
1: the Mississauga Steelheads are a team that's in a way ahead of schedule roster wise. They're a lot like the Knights where you've got a lot of 18 and 17 year olds that are being relied on to produce and they are producing. And so we've got a real look at two teams that should continue to be good moving forward. But Mississauga's got a guy like Porter Martone who can pick up the puck at any time and go through everybody. Jakob Fibiger, who is head-to-head with Sam O'Reilly for the rookie scoring race. So a lot to like about what Mississauga has been doing so far this season. And look at them, Kyle. They're at the top of their division. That is unexpected. A lot of the leaders in divisions, Kitchener, unexpected this year. Mississauga, unexpected. Peterborough, with where they've been all year unexpected this year. A lot of surprises. Never a bad thing.
0: No, it, it definitely is. And again, we've, we've said this. It's a cliche, but that's junior hockey. This will happen where a team going in will be ranked high by the CHL and all of a sudden they get off to a slower start and maybe a team that was ranked a little lower jumps to the top. That Those teams right now are Mississauga, Kitchener, Even again, Saginaw and Saginaw is is a couple points out of first place in their division as well. They're just behind the Sioux, but they're nine and one in their last 10 games. They have been rattling off uh, victories and playing some really good hockey. Um, I also I'm going to be interested because I want to bring this up because we're going to have Jake Grimes, who's going to be on the show later, who's part of the coaching staff. They're third in the league in goals against, and I wonder if it has to do with the goaltending tandem, the defensive structure, or the buy-in with the entire team, but they have not given up a whole lot of goals. It's tough to score on the Saginaw Spirit. It is,
1: and you almost have to look to do it five-on-five five because they've been very good on special teams as well. They can put out a, a dynamite power play that can scare you, and they're well-coached. Chris has done an excellent job. There's been a, a real, you know, set in stone mentality with the Saginaw spirit ownership where they have kept their coach and general manager, Chris Lazary and Dave Drinkle for a while. And that has been a real good foundation of that team. And you bring in Jake Grimes as an associate coach. He's got all kinds of experience. He's been to the Memorial cup as part of the Belleville bulls coaching staff. And then as part of the Guelph Storm coaching staff, that team that came back against the London Knights in 2019, I don't want to ask about it, but I think Uh. we should. We should get the (laughs) Guelph Storm perspective on being able to come back from falling behind three games to none. I've never heard it. So, yes, beware, Knights fans. We will ask about that later in the pod
0: some some ptsd coming up in just a little bit too and you know another guy mike that you know he's really developed this year specifically of course he was a a seventh round selection of the boston bruins back in 2022 but you know jackson edward is a guy who you know he's gearing up in getting ready to go this weekend as well and and you know mike we've seen a big growth in his game this year but specifically in general you know something that you don't really think a whole lot about but it's it's working on your shot. A lot of times, players will play around, a dipsy doodle, and shoot the puck. But when you're dedicated and focusing to working on not just your shot overall, but a specific job, whether it's a one timer, whether it's a snapshot, whether it's walking the line and just trying to get a shot through to the net, that's something that we've noticed a big jump in in Jackson Edwards' game.
1: And we had a chance to talk to him about that. And. This is not by accident, this is not a surprise to him, this is through a lot of hard work.
2: I think I worked on it a lot this summer, like, I mean, first year I didn't score any goals, so uh, that was kind of like a goal the past two summers to get my shot harder and more accurate. Um, Yeah, I'd say, like, I mean, my hands, I think, have been there, but the shot hasn't, so, um, yeah, just keep working on it. When you get a chance to walk into one like you did in Brantford, what's that feeling like? Great. I mean, not too many times the puck's sitting flat in the slot, so, um, yeah, i got to take advantage of those. Let's talk about facing a team like Mississauga,
1: a very good team for the first time this season. Some of the players you'll know, but overall, this is the first time you've seen them. How do you prepare for a game like that?
2: Um, a game like that, you just gotta you gotta keep it simple for the first little bit. See what they come out with, see how they play. Um, I'm sure we'll do lots of video on them beforehand. Um, yeah, just new team. I think you gotta keep it simple. Get pucks in and just get on the forecheck early and kind of read off what they do and then go from there. And then you've got a game against Saginaw. And Saginaw has found
1: themselves, and it's. Yeah. A rematch from one game that you've played in there, they won it. How do you not think ahead about that one? Because it sounds it sounds like a fun one.
2: Um, yeah, I think with Saginaw, I think they play the opposite kind of game as us, more like an offensive game. So I think if we can shut down defensively, like uh, take advantage of their D on the offense and shut down, play good D in our end, I think uh, I think we can handle them. The wild swings that junior hockey will bring. How do you cope with that as a
1: player? You, you don't win one night, and it's 9-2 on the scoreboard. Next night, you're winning 9-3.
2: Yeah, I think, I think consistency has been a big thing for us this year as far as um, getting better at it. I think uh, having those wild swings, the biggest thing is staying under control, uh, balancing emotions, not getting too low or too high. Um, Yeah, just consistency. We got to get a little bit better at it. And uh, yeah, staying level headed. London Knights
1: defenseman Jackson Edward on playing Saginaw and playing Mississauga and certainly on adding another element to his game. And Kyle, the goal that he scored against the Brantford Bulldogs is still one of the hardest shots that I've seen in junior hockey, he stepped into that and he said, Hey, it's not often that the puck's lying there in the slot flat for you. Yeah. But it's not often that you can step into it like that. It hit the back of the net and came out and they had to make sure that it actually went in.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show last year, Mike, through 65 games, Jackson Edward, five goals this season through 23 games, five goals. So, He's shooting the puck more and it's starting to find the back of the net a whole lot more too. Like this could be a guy, Mike, we see in the double digits and goals. He's already at a plus 15 on the year last year, all year, he was a plus 16. So almost every aspect of his game, you're just seeing the growth and development. And I know that's what you see in the OHL, but I love watching the clear indicator for where a player starts and where a player is by the time he is close to or done his career in the ohl and it's it's been fun to watch and and you're right i think i watched that highlight a few times he he's got a cannon when he wants to let one rip and kyle the other thing he mentioned is something that we
1: hear from coaches general managers players it's something that they preach but like so many teams they're still trying to find it jackson edward mentioned that word
0: consistency again Bingo. And it's, it's, you know, it's funny. The Knights always find a way to, to, to get it at some point in the season. We've made the joke on this podcast that it's normally after a victory over the Ottawa 67s. And for a brief stretch this season that happened where they won a, a stretch of games and seem things seem to be clicking in, in a certain motion. And it's kind of been back and forth, you know, specifically this past weekend with the nine, two loss followed by a nine, three win, So I wonder if they're going to try and go back to, okay, we need a staple game, get things right. Kind of the, one of those games, Mike, where everything goes according The goaltending is good. The defensive structure is good. And you find a way to put the puck in the back of the net too. I feel like once you get a game where you can get all three of those things working in cohesion, that's where you start to build that confidence and put together a string of games like that. I wonder if we find maybe a game this weekend that kickstarts that again for the Knights.
2: Well,
1: no time like games against Mississauga and Saginaw who are going to give you the biggest test so we mentioned Mississauga and a guy like Porter Martone, Jakob Fibiger is somebody certainly to watch Jack Ivankovic, we'll see if he starts against the London Knights, his dad was a London Knights goaltender in the 1995 96 season and now Jack is a top rated goaltender, he's only 16 but he was part of Hockey Canada at the u 17s. he's somebody that has a Really bright future. So we'll see if we see Jack Ivankovic play against the London Knights. And then the Knights go to Saginaw. We mentioned Saginaw had played and lost for the first time in 11 games, ended their team high 10 game winning streak. And so they wind up losing to Sault Ste. Marie in a game that they almost came back and tied late. Then they traveled to Sault Ste. Marie on Thursday and they play Sault Ste. Marie on Friday. Then they travel home to face the Knights on Saturday. So that's their schedule. Jake Grimes is an associate coach with the Saginaw Spirit. He has coached in university hockey. He's coached the Strathroy Rockets, the London Nationals, the Petrolia Jets. That's going back to the early 2000s. He was a draft pick himself as a player of the Ottawa Senators and played a couple of years with both the New Haven Senators and the PEI Senators when they played there. And that worked out well because Jake is from Atlantic Canada. He's originally from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, but a brilliant hockey mind. He's been a part of the Belleville Bulls and the Guelph Storm going off to the Memorial Cup. So he has that experience too. So he brings that to the team. And we now get a chance to sit down with Jake Grimes. Jake, thanks so much for joining the podcast. And it's great to have you back in this area. Do you miss this area?
3: Absolutely do. Yeah. It's just a tremendous area for for hockey and and, and just living in general. I love it. Well
1: now you've got a team that is building toward the Memorial Cup. You are the one team this year that knows you have a berth in the Memorial Cup. What has that been like going back to even the start of this
3: season to deal with? Well, yeah, that's right. I mean, it, start, it starts with a, with a ton of excitement. And I haven't been in this situation before either, been able to get to a couple of Memorial Cups and the other way around, not, not by hosting, but it's uh, it starts with a lot of excitement a lot of anticipation and unfortunately immediate expectation to be that team right away. I I find that um, we are in a building process just like any other team in the league, but uh, immediately there's expectation when you are the host. And and I think that that's, uh, that's it's initial immediate pressure that other teams don't have to go through right away. I do also know that other teams, uh, anybody, everybody you play, wants to raise their game and they do raise their game when they're, when they're facing you because you are a Memorial Cup host. You will be in the Memorial Cup. You're expected to be good. So other teams raising their levels is a big thing too. Well, and Jake, too, it looks like
0: you guys have settled into a bit of a groove now after, you know, I feel like the initial pressure, you know, it kind of weighs on the coaching staff and the players, but you know, your last 10 games, you're, you're nine and one. Does it feel like you guys have kind of either accepted the pressure or you've just adjusted to it and have kind of played a little bit more loose lately? Cause
3: after a couple of big moves, you guys are starting to settle into your game right now. I think that's exactly what's happening. We're, we're moving on from that overall feeling of pressure. And I think we're understanding as well that it's, a, it's an advantage to us. If, if everybody else is going to raise their game to play us, well, that forces us to raise ours as well. And we're still in the middle of our process, working through a strong process to develop a real good finished product. Jake, in terms of the
1: style of play, because there are systems that teams have and, and they can be a little different Yours is one where in the offensive zone, it seems anyone can be anywhere at any time, which gives nightmares to defenders all over the place. Can you talk about how that's evolved even before this year?
3: Well, I mean, I think it's it's a progression. Uh, it's a very progressive uh, way to play. Um, all you have to turn on is the National Hockey League any given night, and you'll see the, the strongest, best defenseman in the league working through that. The Forge is a five-man mm-hmm. unit. Um, anybody that's coached defense or is responsible for defensive zone coverage, et cetera, um, knows how tough that is to deal with. That's really challenging your defensive zone coverage. Um, so yeah, it is really, end of the day, it's really uh, tough to deal with. Nobody has a lower goals against than you guys. And have you
0: started to see that slowly take into effect and in how you guys, your goal differential right now is plus 19. And I feel like that starts from the net out, but also the systems that you guys have in place.
3: Ideally, the finish of that uh, type of style of play, if played well and effectively with all five guys um, taking care of their responsibilities offensively and defensively, the effect should be extremely strong. We're still not there yet. We're working at it, but it's a tough way to play for uh, the offensive team, too. There's a lot of things to cover Uh, when it's rolling. It's going to be exciting.
1: Jake, the additions of Alex Christopoulos and Roddy Denicio, can you talk to us about what that does for your team?
3: Two very uh, high-presence guys, uh, household name guys in the league, um, guys that are durable, big and strong, and, and tough too. So we like that as well. Guys that are tough to deal with and hard to play against, but uh, have offense and care about defense. So, I mean, who wouldn't want to add those two guys? Who is a guy on
0: your roster, Jake, that you have seen take maybe the biggest leap or the biggest step from last year to this year?
3: Well, as far as overall improvement goes, that's a a really tough one for me to answer. Um, I can tell you that the style of practice and workouts and structure that goes on around here is very conducive to development. Um, We see guys getting better daily. Uh, game by game, uh, the way they're presented the video, the one-on-one work with them, and everything moving on. So, yeah, that's a that's a tough one for me to answer. I think there are a lot of guys in that category. Jake, as a final note, you have been
1: to the Memorial Cup before. You were there with Guelph. You were there with the Belleville Bulls. What is one of those keys as the year goes along to being as ready as you can be once that tournament
3: arrives? I guess it can't. It just can't be a clean year. Like, there's no way. You've got to go through adversities to challenge you like any other team. Um, I guess the beauty of going through adversities uh, as a team that's going to host is that you are eventually going to host. You're eventually going to be there. But, um, you know, I, I like, you know, we were a little bit tough out of the gate. Good. That's great. No problem. You know, we were able to string together 10. That's good. We're playing some real tough teams in a row, including you guys twice coming up great you know these are all the things that you need to go through and to to because these type of challenges force us as a coaching staff to dig deeper force the players to dig deeper and put you in zones where you're not comfortable and and it should not be a smooth ride that's that's my only thought
1: kind of like that Guelph team having to come back from three games to none <laughs> absolutely we don't yeah, like to talk about that around here very much but since you're here it, it needs to be mentioned
3: <laughs> okay so we went through it I mean we had a we had a team that obviously played better later there in golf 2019 than earlier in in the rounds. Um, We're, we're, we're up against a very strong team, London team that year. Um, We were, we ended up down one, down two, down three. and, And basically our only goal at that point is you guys have some pride. We haven't really played well yet. Can we just play a good game? Let's just play a solid game that we can play. And we did and we won. And then, then it added to another then it added to another then the game seven in london took on a life of its own completely um Suzuki and ratcliffe kind of took over in the third two london guys uh coaching was not even a part of it i we couldn't hear each other talk to you, speak on the bench the players were in their own zone i felt really you know out of body type of experience when the whole thing was going on and, and they ran up winning seven there so um it was it was an incredible feeling obviously it it put some confidence into our guys moving forward too. That was a big
0: run by you guys. And who knows, maybe it's going to be the same thing once the Memorial cup starts, but you know, Jake, we appreciate you coming on and chatting and uh, good luck on Saturday. It should be a fun one. That sounds great. Thank you very much for having me. That is Jake Grimes. Jake has
1: been a coach, as we mentioned off the start with the london nationals the strathroy rockets he's coached in the university ranks he was at the university of waterloo last year and then has been on long stretches with the belleville bulls as an assistant coach and as an associate coach in guelph with that memorial cup team that went to the memorial cup in 2019 with two londoners as jake outlined nick suzuki and isaac Radcliffe. and that was a team we talked so many times kyle Uh, And and I really wanted to get the other side of it, the Guelph side of it. How did they come back? And and Jake kind of gave it to us. Hey, let's have some pride. Let's see if we can actually play up to our potential because you know it from the London Knights side, but you don't know it from the other side. And that team, we can go back to the Knights winning the Memorial Cup in 2016. What series do you point to? You point to the series against the Owen Sound attack that really pushed the Knights to be who they could be. And after that series... They didn't lose again, and it would have been that night's team that was very good, but they pushed the Guelph Storm to be the team that they could be that year, and the Guelph Storm were in the Memorial Cup even before that season. You go back to 2014, and you could really make the argument that that 2019 team is maybe even a a notch above that 2014 team in terms of the talent that they had. And the 2014 team, nobody knows how they lost the final. That was in London, and they had won all three games of the round robin. They looked great, and then Edmonton just played a really good game on that final day. And it can happen. It's one game, winner take all. And so the Guelph storm in 2019, you could look and say, yeah, but they didn't make the final. Yeah, but that team was an outstanding team. And the Knights pushed
0: them to play as well as they could play. Well, and I also found it really interesting that Jake was saying that, you know, it's coaches. We kind of let the players delegate things and the players took it upon themselves. And I, I wonder, too, if that is built throughout the course of the regular season to get to a point where, listen, we're here. We're down three nothing there's nothing else we can tell you guys it's now let's see what you're made of and that pride statement came into effect too and I think the players took that personally but I think along the way the coaching staff really did their job at preparing those players for that moment and Guelph was able to take over and I wonder if something similar is being in the works right now with the uh, Saginaw spirit so really interesting stuff I also love Mike how Jake didn't call out a specific player he said there are a multitude of players that have taken a big leap from last year to this year he didn't give one guy he says that there are a lot of guys that could have filled that spot
1: yeah you absolutely need that and that's part of the progression and to go through you can't have an easy year it -hmm. is that old adversity thing football struggles with this all the time where you might go through an unbeaten season whether it's in the oua or in college or in the national football league or the cfl look at the toronto argos this year they're 16 Mm -hmm. and 2 they hadn't really tasted adversity and then when they did you don't really know what to do. You ha- you haven't felt it. You're not ready to to reach down deep, and so you need to have those times. Saginaw has now lost to Sault Saint Marie to end a ten game winning streak, and now they wind up with a couple of tough games against Sault Saint Marie on the Friday. They've got a four hour travel day, and then you play the game, then you travel back, and then the Knights will be there. But. Nobody feels sorry for you in the Ontario Hockey League, as Jim Van Horn likes to say, because everybody goes through the tough travel. The Knights had it last weekend, ended up winning that last game when it should be that they're at their most fatigued, 9-3. to Now we see what happens against Mississauga and against
0: the Saginaw spirit in Saginaw. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll come back on, uh, next week and we'll recap both games and get the night set for the Teddy Bear Toss game, which is happening uh, this coming Tuesday. You can check out all the games at 980 CFPL. Mike will have the call for both Friday and Saturday. Follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, along with Google Podcasts, at Stubbs980, on Twitter, at Cal sorry, on X, whatever you want to call it. And nevertheless, Mike, enjoy. We'll see you later. I still want to call it Twitter. We'll see you, Kyle. <laughs>